Executive state of mind. Exec- executive state of mind. Executive state of mind. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Executive State of Mind, a show that dives deep into the tech world with leading industry figures. My name is Tomer Amitai. I'm the CFO for Anatol Intelligence, a global leader in digital intent marketing. We'll talk today about thriving in uncertain tech landscapes. And I'm very pleased to have with me today Roy Elstein, Managing Partner, COO and CFO at Teammate. We'll explore strategies uh, for driving growth and creating shareholder value amidst uncertainty. We'll examine the evolving role of the CFO and the office of, this, of the CFO in this uncertain time. And we'll discuss emerging trends shaping the, uh, the tech industry. Great to have you with me. Great to be here, Tomer. So great to you know, be with you always and in this uh, podcast in particular. Indeed. You know, we've known each other for so many years now. And I was always, uh, you know, curious to dive into some uh, areas uh, such as the ones we're about to dive into with you. Never so, had the chance. So, so that's uh, the time. That's the time. Everything is game. Whatever happens in the podcast stays in the podcast. Feel free. <laughs> Amazing. So let's get started. <laughs> let's do it. It's been, uh, it's been quite, a, quite a, an amazing uh, two years or two and a half years, I would say, uh, in the economic cycle and, uh, and specifically in the, uh, in the tech world. How are you sort of analyzing the, the global macro environment right now? What are sort of the key elements at play? Yeah. So uh, th- the way I define it is that we are at the verge of one of the biggest economic uh, experiments in the new era. So... We are now ending approximately 15, 15, 15 years of uh, almost zero interest environment. So we had two, you know, two attempts during these 15 years of you know, taking interest up and then there was a recession and interest went back, back to 1%, zero to 1%. But basically, think about it, we are, we are old, but there are people in, in, no, out I- there I don't know, but for, for the sake of the discussion, right? But there are people out there, they don't even know the concept of money, which, you know, cost money, right? How, how, how much is, is it to take a loan? How much it cost me to, how much do I get when I put the, the money in the bank? There are people, young ones, that think that, you know, the number is zero. You can take as, money, as much money as you want, as long as someone gives it to you, and you put money in the bank and both cost zero. Now, I think this this era is 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 over, and the reason for that is that we we're experiencing now the highest inflation over the past thirty years, and we see a very very aggressive tightening of interest done by central banks because that's what they need to do, and I think that will uh, uh, th- that's the main phenomena that I I see as the the main driver in the world, and we will need to get accumulated to highest interest rate that will affect everything will affect the cost of borrowing, will affect the alternative investments of people that are being, that can do without any risk, right? So all this world that, you know, I guess both you and I remember from, from many years ago uh, is back and is back big time. Let me ask you a, a $1 billion question, if, if I may. Please do. Where do you think we are in the cycle right now? in terms of where <laughs> capital markets or markets uh, generally are heading? Just to be totally honest, it's, it's, uh, no one has a crystal ball. It's a, it's a hard question to answer. I'll start with my hopes, right? I do hope that if, uh, you know, the banks will be cautious enough and, and, and will be tuned to not go into a big recession right now, we may be out of the cycle in, let's say, 6 to 12 months. That's my optimistic view. I don't think it will happen before. 
But um, I do think that the fundamentals, and I guess that we'll get to this, right, of technology and how we set up to go out of the cycle when it comes. So even if it comes in two years, I think the, fundamental, the fundamentals are there. And I'm, I'm, I'm in a long position. I'm bullish on, on the macroeconomics in general. Yeah. And as far as the, you know, the macroeconomic trends, inflation, interest rates, seems like we've gotten to the peak and that you know, the monetary policy globally has started to actually curve the inflation down. Mm-hmm. but uh, too early to declare victory, although markets, I think, might already be embedding some of that into sort of future projections, which is probably reflected also in what we're seeing in markets That's in true. the last couple of months, I would say. Mm-hmm. So bottom line, we're, we might be turning the corner, but very, very carefully, and still lots of uncertainty at play. I vote yes. <laughs> <laughs> Many people talk about that might be, you know, the most important trend we've seen over the last, again, 12 to 18 months in the tech sector of a massive shift between growth to to value investment. Can you talk a little bit about that and how you've maybe sort of embedded it into your thinking of companies, investments, your own portfolio companies, yeah. in the, again, in the last period? So, I, 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 again, I don't feel, there, at, at least from my perspective, I was born and raised in, in schools that always praise profitability and KPIs, etc. So I'm happy to say that the world joined the, the concept, but this concept is not foreign to us. So um, I do agree with you that now there is a lot more of appetite to hear my boring presentations about, you know, KPIs. But unlike what happened, I think, two or three years ago, even five or ten years ago, when people wanted to learn how to measure uh, a company in general, I think what happened, what, what changed is that now... KPI became um, an operating measure. So people are more open to manage their companies based on KPI and not only to measure their companies. And uh, it sounds like a small differentiation, but is, it is big. Uh, I see it in, 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 in KPIs. I see it in the, uh, the way people look at, you know, the people that are working with them. So there is a notion that always there, right? Have only the right people, have, you know, quality people to the job. But having only the right people to the job and make sure that you're not uh, making any mistakes and just trying things just to see if, if it works or not, I think that's also a big change. And um, I would also mention cash probably as a third thing that is uh, coming back into the table. We started with that and we're coming back to that. You know, cash in terms of uh, thinking about profitability starting at day one, not necessarily being profitable, but thinking about the route for profitability is something new that I see today. I see um, a lot of discussions. You probably hear it as well about burn rate and about runway. And this is a big thing that's happening. And also a better use of cash. You know, today there are discussions about what is the interest rate? How do we hedge uh, uh, against current fluctuations? So all these things uh, are part of the new, as you call it, the value world, right? Hmm. Yeah. Where do yeah. you see it? Yeah, so... so- to to us in in Atoll Intelligence, uh, it was uh, it was it was quite a you know a ride in the last twelve to eight months, going exactly to that point of the shift from growth somewhat to to value, uh, and and finding I would say maybe a little bit of a better balance, which you know sort of many companies are still struggling to find. You know, twenty twenty one coming out of twenty twenty. You know uh, where we were back then. You know, growth was the name of the game. 
True. Profitability, you know, take it down as much as possible. It, reinvest into the business. We're a profitable company. We've been reinvesting all the years. We doubled down on investment in 2021. And the thinking was really driving growth at, at all cost. And then and I remember it very vividly. Again, the shift from 21 to 22 and that sudden change in Q1 of 2022 made, made us go back to the drawing board. We understood uh, something is changing uh, and we need to quickly quickly adapt. And we did exactly, we did exactly that. Uh, we focused on our cost base. We focused on cash. We focused on technology. We focused on organizational efficiency. We focused also on strengthening the fundamentals of our business. And we also worked very hard, at least in H1 of 2022, in, in, in diversing, diversifying it uh, very much. And it played very much to our favor later in the year, in 2022. Actually, it is serving us still uh, in 2023 when we really see things come together very nicely. A more diversified business, leveraging on the prevailing consumer trends. We're very much, you know, sort of riding on on emerging consumer trends. So that's what we did very nicely in 2022, mm -hmm. leveraging on our partner relationships and on the multi-vertical approach that we have. And combined with that, we were very, very careful and prudent in again in managing costs, in driving more efficiency, uh, and applying, you know, more scale out of our technology which played in our favor. So we were able to still maintain growth, quite nice growth top line, while also improving our profit margins through 22, going into 23, a great place to be at end of uh, end of period, I must say, and through this day, very day. Sounds amazing. Sounds also like the, the, the golden era for CFOs, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, we are being uh, listened to, right? Uh, we're talking about profitability, about, uh, yeah. At the same time, I will say that, yeah, we saw very extreme cases out there 2021 and before, when people actually spent more money than, you know, what they got back. So we saw very, you know, extreme phenomena and uh, I'm happy uh, that things are going back to basics, back to normal. Yeah. yeah. So how, how do you support uh, and nurture uh, entrepreneurial talent within your, your ecosystem? And maybe what kind of things are you specifically looking for the founders that you accompany along the journey? It's a good question. Um, so first of all, it's, it's, it's needless to mention that the, the, the founders of our companies are the most essential asset that, that we have. So how do you differentiate between a good manager, which, you know, knows how to manage a system, how to set up a process, how to manage people, how to tell them what to do, uh, versus a, 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 a big leader? So, you know, the difference between a manager, a good manager and a good leader is exactly what we're looking for. So both of them will be probably good. But when you're inventing something from scratch, something that was not there, was not even existed, you need someone that, you know, people will look up for, people will follow, that will able to draw the dream for them and, and make them, you know, create it. So that's, I don't know if it's helpful or not, but that's kind of where, where our, our head is when we're looking for the right fit for teammates. Uh, I, I attribute a lot when I, you know, when I interview people and recruit people, when I look at enterprises, at the end of the day, it's all about people. Uh, it's, and it's about people and it's about leadership. So, so to me, the ability to lead uh, and to have people follow you in light of the vision you articulate and how you tell it, by the way, storytelling is very important in that, uh, in that regard, is a critical element of, of entrepreneurship. But but tell me, uh, did, did did things change in the way you look at 
entrepreneurs and founders over the last again year year and a half with you know the the uncertainty that we're now all facing um so i i would say i i i hope to say that we haven't changed so we're looking for the same things the market has changed because in 2021 and that's actually a very very interesting question because in 2021 money was relatively easy to get so people with a good idea not even with you know powerpoint were able to get secondaries right i think the entrepreneurs thought it doesn't matter who gives you the money all money like it's i heard these sentences right money smells the same you heard you heard it as i did i think that today what you see is that there is there is a different smell for money i think smart money is different than not smart money i think that your mentors and the people that are going along the way with you are super important and super crucial and i think that today i feel that people are getting more the grasp of this concept and have a deeper understanding of what's the difference between a good partner a good mentor and and someone that is just you know not smart hmm. money yeah. yeah but we always say and we've been saying it for many years now you know that disruption is moving you know exponentially the pace of change uh keeps accelerating uh, more and more what in your mind are some of the emerging trends or technologies uh that you find particularly exciting so that's a tricky question because you asked me now may 2023 and people can listen to it in like a half a year or a year or two years and see if if i were right but i'll take i'm, I'm writing it down <laughs> <laughs> so i'll start with the with the obvious ai AI is here to stay. It's only in the verge of it, so we don't know exactly where this is going, but we know one thing. The world is becoming more um is becoming smarter and people will be able to have the ability to do more with their time. So that's something that we know. We know we don't know exactly the path, but we know the vector. We know the direction. So that's number 1. Number 2, cloud. um we do believe that cloud hasn't finished the the run yet and we we still have a way to go in the moved for the cloud and we'll we'll see more interconnectivity between people between companies and that will be another trend technological trend that will impact our life um number 3 will probably be uh something around uh the computing infrastructure so there is something about the computing infrastructure that again we can't tell exactly where the world will be in 5 years but it will be somewhere between a augmented reality um uh maybe even chips you know in your brain in your i don't know i don't want to take you to a frightening place but mm-hmm. i think computing infrastructure is a big thing and maybe if you'll give me one more to take uh it will be maybe something about sizes of companies because what we see is that the work that was able to be done by 100 people 25 years ago today with all the things that I, i i just discussed is able to be done by one so we expect the world to have more of single entrepreneurs building companies smaller companies doing the same work so this is another trend that we are you know looking for and thinking what to do around it mm-hmm. let's go back a second to you know the the conversational ai that you know everybody's everybody's yeah. speaking about Quick question. More of a risk or more of an opportunity? Definitely an opportunity. First of all, risk is something that by definition, definitely if you are a VC guy, risk is an opportunity by definition. <laughs> so that, that we start from there. But um 
I'm not underestimating the risks in AI. I think that there are many discussions on this. And you know what? I'm not even sure if the biggest risk is if people fall in love in an AI or if the AI will take over the world. Maybe it will be th- things that are more trivial, like AI is being able to identify uh, uh, people that, you know, they it can change their minds. So things like that are, are big risks. And... I'm happy that there are discussions on them because I think they have to be mitigated one way or another. But then going back to the first, the, the, the first part of the question, huge opportunity, huge mm-hmm. opportunity. Mm-hmm. If we were afraid from, you know, the, the big industrial change at the beginning of the 20th century or the internet or the cellular or whatever, we weren't here. So we weren't in the same place, I mean. So that's something that we need to embrace and think what to do with. Yeah, no. I, I fully agree. Uh, I think a massive opportunity For you as well as a company, where do you Absolutely. see where do you see the opportunities for natural intelligence? Oh, in many, in many, many ways, many, many ways, and actually, we're doing already work within the company for quite a few months now to identify all the opportunities, and we can't get enough of them. It's mm-hmm. in improving, uh, you know, work work processes, in in enhancing our, our content capabilities. It's in in creating content. It's uh, even in the in the dev worlds and the development worlds. What right? it's doing wonders. Uh, saving you know time uh, energy and and cost obviously but also improving the way we do business uh nevertheless again you know we're in the uh, internet marketing space so that would obviously be impacted by by conversational AI so we're also considering and I think it's our obligation to see what the risks are on on us as a company so we're keeping both sides of the equation and Very, very much uh, under focus. Sign me up for a coffee next week. I want, huh? to, I want to learn more. <laughs> As an industry leader and an expert, you know, and you, you're seeing many entrepreneurs, what, what advice do you have for, for tech entrepreneurs uh, and executives that are looking to, uh, to navigate these, these, these times we're, we're in right now and in the sort of the foreseeable future? I'm sorry in, in advance for being corny and being uh, used worn up uh, phrases, but it's true. Uh, Never let a good crisis go to waste, right? So when you have a crisis and, and it goes back to what we said about risk and opportunity, it's, it's a huge opportunity. It's an opportunity to reevaluate where you are. It's an opportunity to look at your strategy. It's an opportunity to think forward and see where your profitability is going to come from, what's your, uh, what's your plans for the next few years, the next decades, whatever. And that's, I think, the biggest thing that entrepreneurs needs to, be, needs to do in these times. I have to say that I'm, I'm, I'm actually surprised to see how many are doing that. So it's, uh, it didn't go without notice. People are doing it. So at least the ones I, I, I look at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So obviously the, the tech scene in Israel has been uh, flourishing, exploding, whichever way you want to describe it over the past you know, a few, few decades. Uh, in many ways we've sort of being more advanced in in anticipating and in leveraging on on global trends and in many cases we've ridden on global trends uh it seems that uh, in the last um, I'd say year or so we are experiencing some unique challenges uh, at play in the in the Israeli tech landscape maybe share a little bit about how you see things uh, evolve there in Israel and I'm very bullish on Israel. So I'm in a long position. I think Israel has the right fundamentals. I think that Israel has the right talent. However, 
I would say two things that are very, very important. One that is, is coming from many of our investors. We have more, most of our investors are actually non-Israelis. And investors are looking for stability. They looking for they are looking for consistency and, and 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 the way one of the ways to make sure that this is being achieved are governmental institutions that are you know valid they are stable that have the way to forecast what will happen with them I think this is something that we need to fix and fix fast and make sure that uh, uh, we have clarity I think bigger people than I am are dealing with that but it is important and it's not. It's not a false alarm. It's, it's, it's here and we need to deal with that. One of the things I learned in my life in big companies, in, in corporations, is that if you can do one huge mistake is to talk always about how you allocate the cake. If the, if the discussion will be how to slice and dice the cake, that's your straight way to fall. The only discussion a company and a country, in my opinion, that needs to hold is how do I make the cake bigger? If you are not talking about how you are making the cake bigger, meaning how do you grow the company, how do you grow the country, how do you invest uh, in whatever you need to in order to make the future brighter, if that's not the discussion, by definition, almost always, the cake will get smaller and will shrink, and then the fights over the allocation will just get more extreme. And that's the wrong way. So if I have only one advice to whoever is keep discussing how do we make the cake bigger, I don't hear enough these kind of discussions right now in Israel, and I'm concerned by that. Yeah, completely different topic. You know, you and I have been in finance for, for many years, uh, growing through the ranks, still, you know, the, the position of CFO that we've been, you know, sort of carrying out for, for quite a few years now. How do you see the the role of the CFO the CFO evolve over the past uh, you know few years? Yeah, I think I think it's pretty pretty evident. It's a big change, right? So CFO started as um, as no offense, right? But uh, <laughs> not taken, <laughs> not, not taken exactly, <laughs> not whoever. Uh, but but it started like a technical tool more than anything else. Something that needs to protect the company rather than assist the company. Just you know, Sam, yeah. Crunching the numbers, counting the beans, whatever you want to call it, all these phrases. And I think what I see, I'm not sure if it's the last few years, the last few decades, whatever, I, 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 I see it very vividly. I saw it very, very vividly in companies I, I consulted to and definitely in Checkpoint um, and today also in Teammate, is that the role is becoming a lot more strategic, is becoming a lot more database. So one of the things in this role is that your ability to analyze the data is providing you the ability to really be the wingman, can I say it, of the CEO. But if you are a good CFO, I think you are able uh, to provide very good insights, very good directions to the company, if not to decide what is the direction, at least to find you in the direction. And that's a very, very valuable position to be at. How, how, do, you, how do you look at it? I think we have a growing obligation and role to play, again, as a compass of management financially, economically, but also strategically in navigating the ship, which is the, the, the company we serve. And that requires a, a completely different set of capabilities than what was required you know, 10 or 20 years ago from the CFO. Definitely. Good. So we're almost at the, at the end of our 
uh, amazing conversation. And I've got a, a couple of very, you know, very quick uh, tidbits question for you. All right. So you ready? Let's do it. One or two words, 10 seconds. All right. Wow. I didn't know it's 10 seconds. Let's go. All right. So what's your favorite industry buzzword? Generative AI. What buzzwords do you find overrated or annoying? Easy. Generative AI. <laughs> <laughs> You forgot about conversation. I forgot the conversation. <laughs> I, I can't right. hear it anymore. If you could have had a conversation with any influential figure in the tech industry, past or present, who would it be and what would you ask them? I would definitely go, just because I'm in a, in a, in a festive mood, Elon Musk, for sure. <laughs> It's going to be fun. Uh, what would you have asked him? <laughs> the thing is that it doesn't matter <laughs> I would just sit there and see what it's like Forrest Gump right you don't know what what, what uh, candy we will find uh, in the jar if you could have had a superpower related to technology what would it be and how would you use it the only the only answer possible right looking into the future oh, easy right easy. such a CFO time, you know, I, no time machine something like that Well, that's exactly right. I thought about the answer to this kind of... It's exactly yeah, of that. Of course. What, it's easy. One year. You don't need more than that. One year into the future. That's it. Listen, it's been a great pleasure Same here. having you on our podcast. Same I've, here. Uh, I've profoundly enjoyed our conversation. And we'll continue with the beer downstairs, so offline. For sure. Okay. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Thank you for having me. Executive State of Mind. Exec Executive State of Mind. Executive State of Mind.